Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me. Now today I speak to Christian Nesmith, fantastic LA-based musician who's forged an incredible career as a guitarist and a producer. As a session musician, he has played or composed on dozens of commercials, including ones for Budweiser, Chevrolet, Burger King, ESPN, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Starbucks, amongst many others. As a touring musician, he's worked with artists such as Air Supply, Debbie Peterson of The Bangles, Doug Pinnock of King's X, Ty Tabor of King's X, and many more with his wife, Cersei Link. He's produced over 10 original albums uh, featuring Americana rock stylings. Really great stuff. And uh, Christian's also produced a number of solo albums, the most recent of which, The Other Side, we talk a bit about in this interview, which is a fantastic mix of clever power pop and massive and skillful guitar playing. Now, Christian's surname might be a little familiar, Nesmith. Christian's dad is Mike Nesmith of The Monkees, and it is this association which recently finds Christian touring with his dad, and uh, there's a bunch of dates coming up in Australia and New Zealand, which uh, brought up the opportunity for me to have Christian on the podcast. It was a great conversation, fantastic guy and incredible musician, so uh, let's get straight to the interview right now. Christian Nesmith, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Now, Christian, you've developed a career over over many years as a guitarist and a producer, a uh, songwriter and arranger. Um, but what's bringing you to Australia, and, and hence our conversation, is touring with the Monkees. And um, anyone who's familiar with your surname will know that your dad is Mike Nesmith. Um, Tell That's me about dear old dad right there. <laughs> Tell me about the monkey's gig because uh, this is a relatively recent thing for you. It's a, a relatively what? Recent, Sorry. recent, as in you've been doing the monkey's Re- thing maybe the last well, seven years or so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know uh, the amount of the amount of uh, different legs that we've done. It doesn't feel that recent. It yeah, actually yeah. feels like we've been doing them for a while. But uh, after uh, Davy passed. Uh, my dad felt it was a, a good thing to get back in there and, uh, you know, help keep the name alive and do some, do some shows. And I think the fans really wanted to, wanted to see it. But, uh, one of the things he, uh, he wanted was for uh, me to join in. And, uh, and it was really nice because that actually was the first time that he and I ever stood on the stage together. I mean, there wasn't even any, uh, you know, like club gigs or jamming around. It was like, it was the very first time, which was really, really fun wow. um, uh, to be able to have that experience with your, with your dad. Yeah. Cool. And, um, and what does that mean? So for your, for your current tour, you, you're um, coming out. So it's the, it's the Mike and Mickey show. So Mike and Nesmith, of course. It's and... true. Yeah. Yeah. Mike and Mickey now, because Peter has now passed just recently. Yeah. And, uh, that's very sad, but, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, you know, both both my dad, who we call Nez, uh, uh, both Nez and Mickey are uh, are out there really wanting to keep this music alive, and I, I think the fans really want to hear it. So, we actually the, our last leg, we were doing some of the biggest shows we've done uh, so far uh, since 
Nez has been back in the in the monkey's seat, uh, doing doing like half stadiums and stuff. It was really cool. Uh, um, so we're bringing it down there uh, and uh, doing three dates in New Zealand and then I believe five or six in, in Australia. And we're playing in Sydney. We're actually playing the Opera House, which I've never played before. So I'm very excited. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, you'll have a great time. It's a it's a fantastic venue and uh it's a beautiful location. So uh, I think that'll be a fantastic show. Well, we've all we've all seen the beautiful tourist pictures of the of the great great Albert House right there on the water and you know, but to, you know, come on. If you've seen Finding Finding Nemo, you know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like that. It is. I'm I mean, I'm a local. This is my hometown and I'm still blown away every time I get on the harbour or get to the harbour it's really a beautiful thing but the um the room itself is really cool too so it's a it's a great venue so cannot wait um I believe the band gets expanded a little so you've got a pedal steel player this time around uh that's right a guy named Pete Finney uh who's amazing and uh it, it made more sense because uh, because Peter's not in there and because Davey's not in there and we're not doing as many of those uh, songs. It made sense to sort of dig into uh, some of uh, some of some of more of my dad's uh, tunes, and they have uh, a, a large country flavor. And so it made a lot of sense to bring uh, bring a pedal steel out there. And uh, uh, you know, my my dad has also been doing a first national band. Uh, actually, we call it First National Band Redux uh, rather than Second National Band uh, because uh, we're getting some of those original solo stuff uh, out and about. We're actually going to be doing some shows later this year. That's correct. Uh, and uh, the uh, the guy who was in, originally in the First National Band was a uh, was a man named uh, Red Rhodes, who was a true savant. He, he just complete wacko genius on the on the pedal steel, um, and he was a huge inspiration for Pete uh, Pete Finney. So to have sort of that that flavor and that spirit amongst uh, amongst the music is a real treat. And I actually stand right next to Pete on stage, so it's it's wonderful to watch and uh, watch and hear him. That's fantastic. That is very very cool. Now, what um what guitars do you bring out on the road when when you do on the tour? Um, for the monkeys, it's pretty. Well, I was going to say it's pretty meat and potatoes, but it actually <laughs> it isn't. Um, the, my main guitar is just sort of a straight American telly, uh, no frills, blonde, black pickguard, you know. Uh, uh, but I also play a, a GNL ASAT, which I use in uh, use for slide, and uh, and a couple of acoustics. One's that one is that in open tuning, and uh, and then I've got my uh, my Epiphone double neck which I'm using primarily for the uh, 12 string uh, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of 12 string in that, in that monkeys music and that sixties music. And my dad's a big 12 string head as well. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I love that guitar. Uh, but the thing about the Epiphone is that you've got to put, uh, better pickups in it, which I have, I put uh, Seymour Duncan 59s in it. And, uh, I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you, I will put that thing up against any Gibson, double neck out there uh and it cost me you know 
$3,700 less. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, if anybody's thinking about picking up a double neck, don't get the Gibson. Definitely get the epi- Epiphone and soup it up. Yeah, wow. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, it plays great. And and the thing about the Epiphone, uh, as opposed to the Gibson, is that it's actually a, a three-switch. So you have a, a pickup selector for both necks, and you have a neck selector as well, which really makes it cool. So you can already have one guitar. I mean, if you have to go from neck pickup to bridge pickup and switch necks, that's two flips. But you can have one guy already prepared to go. Uh, and it just plays so good. I was so surprised for you know a guitar that's under $1,000. It's, it's amazing. And I must admit that that guitar was a gift. It was given to me by my lovely wife, Cersei, uh, and wife and musical partner, Cersei Link, so, uh, who will also be out there on the uh, Monkeys Tour. Oh, excellent. So, uh, yeah. Singing background. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah I'd love to. Um, I'll, we'll definitely have to talk about the albums you do with Cersei as well. That's, that's really cool. The 12 strings actually become a bit yeah. of a big thing in your career as, as well. I don't know about a a big thing, but I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a, there was a 12 string around my house growing up. And, uh, I think, uh, it may have been one, like the second guitar I ever owned was an acoustic 12 string. Okay. Um, yep. and, uh, yeah. And I just love that big jangle. Uh, uh, my dad turned me on to Leo Kotke, uh, K O T T K E for yeah, anybody who yeah. doesn't know. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, uh, and he, uh, and and for people who don't know, he's just a, a a crazy wizard of finger picking, drop tuning, uh, slide acoustic twelve string, um, and uh, and I just thought his sound was so amazing. Uh, his album "My Feet Are Smiling," which is a live record, um, he, it sounds like there's thirty guitars going at one time. He just it's amazing sounding, and I was really enamored with that. So I. So the twelve string has always been wonderful, and I and I, uh, I enjoy applying the electric twelve string to lots of different things. I do a Zeppelin thing for fun on the weekends. I uh, uh, it, it was heavily featured on uh, Cersei and I's last record, uh, and as I say, I'm using it in the Monkees uh, and and uh, First National Band as well. So yeah, it's it's there, and I love it. Excellent, excellent. When when you're touring um, again in the in the monkeys guitar seat, what what do you bring in terms of effects or amps? Um, well, that's uh, interesting you ask that because I feel like I'm 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 at the at the point of changing over. Uh, the uh, I've always been sort of a multi effects guy, uh, and so uh, I want to have as many different tones available to me at the touch of a button, uh, and not really, uh, not really in patches or preset, but more of kind of laid out in a linear, massive stomp box mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, right now for pedals, I'm playing a line six helix, uh, which I have set up, which I'm using in edit mode. So you can, so, uh, I have six stomp boxes there. Then I also have, a, a line six HX effects, uh, which adds another six, which I'm using in a loop, and mostly for my delays and stuff that's uh, after the virtual amp. And uh, and then I'm uh, uh, I've also got a Strymon Mobius in the in the in the 
system because it's got those guys make the hand, make hands down the best time based effects uh, that I've ever heard. They're just so beautiful and so smooth. And so the, I have the uh, Mobius, which does my Leslie and vibrato effects. Um, and then I'm running stereo and I have been running, uh, a couple of, yeah, yet again, line six, uh, H, uh, I'm sorry, DT 25s. Uh, and, but I've just been hitting the, uh, the power amp. Um, but, okay. uh, for the last couple, but for the last couple of days, and I and, and and I hope that your your listeners pay attention to this because I have been hanging out with my longtime friends, uh, Kings X. I don't know if you know know this band. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, well, anybody who knows knows, and they're you know they've been they've been really close dear friends of mine. I've toured with Dud. I've played on Ty's record. Uh, my old band opened for them. I actually shot three videos for them. I've been really involved with those guys, and they've been uh, good good mates for a long time. And they're here in L.A. right now recording their brand new record, which I don't I think this is the first one in a decade. Wow! Um, wow, that's very cool. And, yeah. Yeah, and so I've been hanging around the studio, and uh, and Ty Ty Tabor, the guitar player, he uh, he pointed something out to me that I was I, I looked at in total disbelief, uh, and that is the uh, the Mo- uh, the Vox MV50, uh, and for anybody who doesn't know what this thing is, it's a tube, fifty watt amp that's the size of a stomp box. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this. I kid the, you not. The Class D um, power section. And That's it. The tube in the That's front. That's it. That's the guy. Nice. And uh, and blown away. He's using it all over the record. Really? I mean, among, among wow. a lot of a lot a lot of different other different stuff. But uh, but I've been privy to hearing a, a couple of uh, you know roughs and 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 things and uh, and this thing just sounded amazing and. And they're like two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's um, crazy. So I, I, and and weigh a pound, and I, I, I just started rethinking my whole my whole approach because they make what they make a, a clean, a uh, an AC, so it's sort of like an AC thirty voiced, yeah, yeah. and a and what they call rock. Um, but I'm gonna go. For, I think I'm gonna go for the clean, and I'm gonna go for a wet, dry, wet. I'm gonna get three of them, <laughs> uh, which will all fit on a yeah, all fit on a on a pedal board, uh, and uh, and uh, and use three small cabinets, and I'll I'll be able to do this really great wet, dry, wet setup with just this massive power, and it weighs about five pounds. Uh, it's like who can beat that? So I'm very excited to to go check that out. I haven't I haven't made the move with that yet, but I'm but uh but I've been I've been up very late the last few nights uh, doing my <laughs> research. I've, I have I'm fairly sure that's the that's my new way of of ampl uh, of amplification. Yeah, cool. Very cool. It's it's amazing what what well, like you say, the Epiphone, a a one thousand dollar guitar. Um, yeah. You know the the new Vox stuff, the the newer stuff. It just keeps getting better and better, and is is much more usable. So, wet dry wet sounds like fun, man. That's cool. Well, I love my effects. I love uh, 
I love creating my uh, various depths with delays uh, on stage, uh, be they ping pongs or slaps or really deeply modulated delays or, or you know, uh, uh, tape type delays. Uh, it, it really makes a difference. Um, and uh, and I enjoy creating those different depths and distances and, and characteristics uh uh, while I'm playing, so I'm I'm doing a big old tap dance all the time when I'm on stage, uh-huh. but I'm used to it, and it's and it's a lot of fun because I'm I'm creating the, the sound that I'm hearing in my head. I'm not relying on the sound man to do it. Um, I can be I can be very flexible and very creative uh, at all times, and uh, and 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 interestingly enough, uh, with the monkeys, the other guitar player. Uh, who's been their MD for the longest time, a guy named Wayne Avers. Uh, he's very meat and potatoes. It's like a, a distortion, a little delay, and then right into the amp. And that's uh-huh. it, you know? And uh, uh, and he, uh, uh, his, his, his tones are so immediate and so uh, uh, present in, in, in the role of straight rhythm guitar that, it's really fun for me to create these delayed Leslie phaser vibrato wild sort of texture, textural, uh, uh, tones that complement his, his more meat and potatoes sort of thing. So it it works very well as a partnership. Very cool. Nice one. Christian, can we, can we go back? You you mentioned this is, uh, the first time you've been on stage with your dad doing these shows over the last, you know, best part of 10 years, I guess. But mm-hmm. tell me about growing yeah. up and, and getting into music. What, I guess it's hard for you to, to imagine it any other way, of course, but what impact did it have growing up well, the son of a monkey? Uh, I, I, you know, the son of the monkey thing is less is less uh, impactful than one might think. I mean, it, it certainly had opportunities, and uh, but it also, it also, created i don't know some hurdles because i was immediately associated with my dad and and not from my own work uh quite often uh but the growing up part uh was wonderful only because we had you know an entire wall full of vinyl uh and uh and and i could listen to any of it that i wanted to and did so my influences and my my exposure uh was right from the beginning and uh you know, I'm sure that I that I heard a Beatles song within the first 48 hours of my life. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, my both my mom and dad were massive Beatles fans, and they were massive uh, Bob Dylan fans, and uh, and Hendrix came along very very shortly after that, mm-hmm. and they were all blown away. And that's one of my early earliest memories is sitting on the floor looking at the. Uh, uh, being still about two years old, listening to "Are You Experienced" and just looking at that crazy cover with Hendrix with that <laughs> with that with that top on, that's awesome. with the eyeballs on it. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, and and so that was that uh, was wonderful. I was always exposed to all kinds of music. Um, my dad being Texan, there's a there, there's a huge. Uh, uh, Texas blues and country uh, flavor that I was raised around. Uh, I also love classical music. I also love in- incredible uh, world music, uh, particularly uh, Indian classical music. I think it's just so amazing and 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 uh, hypnotic. Uh, so 
the exposure to music because he was already a working music musician was uh, definitely beneficial. Uh, and later on, uh, it was just that, you know, it, yeah. it was do your homework, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. Cool. So. Hey, that's that's awesome though that that broad listening. When when you started picking up a guitar, what what sort of things were you listening to and gravitating towards? Well, my first instrument was piano, uh, and uh, I have a, a pretty vivid memory. About five years old, uh, of my dad teaching me how to play Heart and Soul on the piano, and both parts, you know, the the, the melody and the rhythm, so I could so I could play either side. Uh, and, uh, and from then on, it, it, it immediately unlocked for me. I got it. It was like, Oh, I just see what's going on here. This is cool. Um, and with a little bit of lessons when I was in what second grade, um, I was able to, uh, see my way pretty clearly into music and the way it's laid out and why you use why certain notes are are valuable in certain applications and others are are in others um and so my ear was very open very turned uh turned on uh right from the get-go but i think uh you know some of the early you know i loved kiss just when i was a little kid uh -huh. um before i could before I could play, so it's you know it's it's full on air guitar and jumping off the bed, and <laughs> you know, as 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 a as a as a ten year old kid oh, listening man. to Kiss, yes. absolutely. Uh, but but uh, but I was also you know my I think I remember my dad yet again my my dad um, turning me on to Led Zeppelin Presence I think was the was the one that he he said here check this out. Um, as a matter of fact, just as an aside, he was the guy who, who handed me my first King's X record, which was, uh, Gretchen, Gretchen goes to Nebraska. Okay. He says, here, check these guys out. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so he, he, he definitely turned me on to a lot of stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then I just found my way into, uh, uh, I guess hard rock was my first love that, that great seventies, Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Rush, uh, Deep Purple, uh, and you know even Ted Nugent if he weren't such a uh, but but his early songs were really cool um, and uh, and so uh, so that was that was the seminal stuff uh, but then I also you know Eddie Van Halen came down the pike and I learned you know every song I possibly could off mm -hmm. the first four records and, awesome. uh, and and so it was uh, that uh, Randy Rhodes and Michael Shanker and you know every every pretty much hard blues based hard rocker that you can think of that was that was the guy those were the guys for me um, Neil Sean was huge uh, I loved Brian May um, and uh, and uh, Pat Travers was a, was a big one for okay. me and so yeah. as as soon as I got my first pretty workable guitar I, I you know i had a, a junky sort of uh pawn shop special that i <laughs> i wound up taking that thing completely apart i mean down to unwinding the pickups okay that's wow. that's how apart i took it because uh, i wanted to see how it was made yeah so uh, and did you put it back uh, together but, no, no way no, it was done. <laughs> uh, 
but my next my my next uh, my next kind of workable guitar was a was a Seville Les Paul Les Paul copy, and that's really where I that's the guitar I did all my learning on, and uh, and I. Uh, and and so to this day, you know, Les Paul. Even though I'm using the other other instruments, Les Paul is my first and uh, first and greatest love of a of a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, and so that's those were the those were the folks. And then as it started becoming more flashy, you know, I loved guys like Steve Morse and Steve Vai, and uh, I don't know all those all those Wheedlers, all those crazy crazy guys. So mm-hmm. huge huge influence. There's not many if they're playing good i like them sure so there sure. You go. nice it's oh it... billy gibbons can't not mention billy gibbons <laughs> yeah there, there you go very cool very cool it's interesting you mentioned all these you know, rock rock players but also you know growing up listening to the beatles because i i've been playing your most recent oh, yes. solo album the other side and man it just struck me almost immediately it's such a great mix of really heavy thick textures um great guitar playing but really um in in really clever power pop kind of tunes so um yeah that that stuck out well the beatles were uh, you know were always there the, uh, it's almost you don't mention the beatles because duh of course everybody listens to the beatles of course that's one of them but uh, i know that's not really the truth but um they were more, way more of an inspiration to me as songwriter, songwriters, mm-hmm. um, and you know, to sit down with an acoustic guitar and unravel the chord changes to, you know, I'm so tired, or uh, or or Strawberry Fields, or uh, Here, There, and Everywhere, or you know, some of these some of these deeper chord changes, which nobody had really used in, in popular music up until then. I mean, not in, not in a rock and roll sort of way, you know, you, you had your, had your fifties sort of slick crooners and they had all yeah. very, very nice, deep, deep, but those were, those were more big band and jazz bass to, to take, take thicker chords or odd angular chord changes. And, uh, uh, I mean, strawberry fields is an incredible example, uh, of, of, just listen to the chorus and go ahead and just go figure those chords out. They're weird. And, and, and those guys really had a, had a, a knack for, for digging in deeper. And that had a big effect on me. So I'm glad that you noticed that I was uh, chasing that, chasing that wonderful little angel of writing when I do it on my own work. The um, guitar parts on the record too are fantastic. You are you are a master of overdubbing and still keeping a lot of clarity. Um, you've done a bunch of engineering. Has that influenced the way you track guitars in in any way? Uh, yeah, you know, I wish I was better at getting one guitar to really <laughs> to fill up fill up the track. Um, I'm not very good at that. I I feel like I just want more. I love the sound of doubled stereo and even like a stereo with a, a, a different uh different tone up the middle um and that's something i'll do quite often with in, in hard rock sounds um uh but yeah i'm a i am i am admittedly a layerer uh i i love just stacking them up stacking them up until you get something that is uh 
I don't know. I don't know if the sum is greater than the parts, but hopefully uh, it, it is something different than the parts. So that you that I've created a tone that nobody really has, and and that's what I'm after. Uh, you mentioned the the record, the other side. That's my second solo record. The first one, uh, which is called an axe to grind, is far more far more hard rock and uh, and and uh, chasing that sort of flash weedily weedily guitar guy mm-hmm. um, sure. uh, and uh but but that also has massive layers as well yeah cool when you talk about crafting new tones there was one tone i, I couldn't i couldn't crack it um it was on queen of broken hearts i don't know if you remember crafting that tone it's, it's kind of clean it's kind that of that one actually small. does it's not though that uh, uh, ironically, me having say, saying that I don't uh, get uh, I don't get a lot of songs that, that that come down to a single guitar. That is, I, it might be doubled, um, but I know that the 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 bulk of it is is just a a massively compressed uh, twelve string. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's just you know striking those those chords, um, and I wanted to have almost an on and off switch almost like it was sliced uh, or edited uh sound yeah uh, yeah and so what yeah so when i stumbled on those chords it sounded really cool but i wanted to have more of a rhythmic uh a, a, again uh as if it were uh, gated or 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 actually you know digitally sliced on and off but it was just played that way uh and then the compression on there which is just you know, <laughs> a, a billion to one compression just smashed to hell. Um, uh, really, really lend lends for that. It almost it, it almost sounds like some weird keyboard or yeah, something. But yeah. it's, it's a but it's an it's just a, an electric twelve string just just crushed to death. Awesome man, that's great. That's a great tone. Um, Christian, tell me about the record you're making with Cersei, Cersei Link, your wife that you've you've mentioned. Well. That's a that's a loaded question because only because we've got twelve of them, yeah. um, and uh, and and they've definitely had a, uh, a an arc. Uh, we've been we've been together for seventeen years, and we've been making music that entire time. And uh, uh, when we first started out, uh, you know, we met because she was looking looking for. Uh, uh, actually, we met because she was looking for a pedal steel player, which I did not play. So uh, she, I turned her on to a few names that I knew, but then she came back around and said, you know, I want you to check this stuff out. And, and uh, she, she was working with another guy. Um, but I could immediately tell that she had the goods that, uh, that, that her songwriting and that her, her melodic sense and lyrical sense uh, and, and as a vocalist as well uh, was the real deal. And, uh, and then, so we met and then, Oh, what, hi! By the way, you're beautiful too. Okay, so can, can, let, I don't think I'm gonna let you out of my sight anymore. Um, but we, uh, but we, we uh, uh, immediately started making music together, and uh, I think, I think if you were to call it stylistically at the beginning, it was something you might call cowboy jazz uh, stuff that that is. Uh, Pretty much all acoustic based, and and giving big big nods to things like uh, uh, you know Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys and early early fifties country uh, 
and and that, uh, but with a, a, a nice jazzy swing to it. Um, uh, but that uh, that definitely evolved over time, and we looked in, into other areas. And so our second to last record, which is called uh, "Birds' Amazing Odyssey and the Meaning of Tea," it couldn't be any further from uh, writing wise and or sonically uh, than. Uh, than we could get from the original albums uh and it's uh you know the writing is very harry nielsen inspired mm-hmm. so completely different world um and uh uh but because we're a mom and pop operation we're not uh on a label we have and we have a studio here in our home uh we have no limits we have no rules it's just whatever we're hearing at the time and there's a huge backlog of stuff that we've that have ne- that's never made it to a record only because it's a, wow that doesn't sound like anything like the record we're making right now so maybe we'll just leave that one off and keep it on the back burner as a matter of fact the folder is called back burner okay <laughs> <laughs> that is great that is great christian you've built a career um doing so many different things so the the albums with Cersei as, as you've said it's uh, it's a mom and pop it's fiercely independent and uh, that's fantastic because you get to do what yeah. you want uh, you've also done um, you know television commercials you've done scores film um, film placements it seems like you've built a career yeah. on your terms what what's your advice for guitar players trying to make a living in uh, in the current climate well I yeah, uh, I uh, I don't want to sound pessimistic because that's not that's not what this is about. Um, uh, but what I would say is, don't go into it wanting to be a rock star. Um, I mean, I, su- I suppose that you know, <laughs> God, where where do I want to go with this? I suppose that uh, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's dreams because. It, you know, when we're kids, we see our rock stars, and of course, we want to uh, we want to emulate them, and they inspire us, and look at the lights, and listen to the big amplifiers, and you know, and that's and that's uh, that's great. Uh, but but the, the amount of people that actually wind up being rock stars is so few and far between. However, if you do learn how to play your instrument, and you do learn. Uh, more than one style of playing and you do uh, you do investigate incredible uh, eclectic uh, uh, types of music uh, that can benefit bit benefit you and you wind up being the guy that gets called for anything um, I remember one of my very first uh, commercial sessions i had to do two different commercials in one day and i was called in by a buddy of mine uh and he uh, it, the way the commercials were worked uh they had a temp uh a temporary track on there that uh, that the producers liked but but you had to sort of copy and turn on its ear and then uh uh, but not get sued right and so the <laughs> the two temps that i had uh, on that first day, one was Marilyn Manson, and the other was uh, was uh, uh, Chet Atkins. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, and I was able to able to uh, land both of those, that, and then and they came out great. Uh, nice. And it was only because that I that I had dug into so many different types of music sure, uh, sure. that I was that I was able to call on on 
on the, that vocabulary. Um, so I say learn your craft, learn theory, and that's not necessarily you know dots on a page, but why does you know why does an A minor to F sound like that? that sounds uh, why why does every single hard rock bands now use that change which is makes me crazy of course but uh, <laughs> uh why, you know what i mean uh, yeah. uh, uh why uh but but what is uh you know what is the emotional value of this chord change versus that chord change uh uh how does that solo go why did he play it learn a billion different solos to the point where you have so much to call on that you can just all of a sudden you're you're improvising it's like oh yeah i can borrow that little jimmy page lick and i got that little eddie van halen riff and uh but but now i'm gonna throw in a big jazz chord in the middle of it and you become you um and uh and that those are the guys who they may never have been heard of uh but they get to make their living making music, whether it's in a club or, or a studio or small tours or working with somebody else or, you know, I am so blessed to make my living with a guitar in my hands. It's, it's, it's insane. I, uh, I, uh, and, uh, and if I must wag my finger for a moment, those who complain when they're on the road or they're musicians are like, oh, my amp doesn't sound good. Oh, this is so I'm so tired. I'm on the road. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get to you get to play guitar for a living, dude. Shut up. So um, that's what I have to say that. And, and you got to learn to be, you know, learn, learn to be humble and grateful. Uh, be the nice guy. Uh be the guy who can everybody can count on, um, and those are hard lessons to learn, particularly when you're trying to be a a rock star. Look at me, <laughs> look at me, look at me. But sure. But if you're, but if you, but if you're the guy who says, "Yeah, man, Christian can play. Let's call him." Yeah, great. Um, and and uh, and they did, and they do. So it's nice. Fantastic. Uh, and I'm very very grateful for that. Very good advice. Christian, thank you so much. And, um, mate, thank you for your time. It's been great uh, speaking to you. We really look forward to the tour coming up with the, uh, with the monkeys. And, um, yeah, enjoy the Opera House and all of the other venues. Yeah, I, I certainly will. I can't, I'm very excited. Also, while I'm there, I've got to pet a kangaroo. So I'll just tell you that right now. No problem. They're everywhere. What? They're just they're just hopping they down the are road. Everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> uh, no, actually, when I was in the, uh, I, I had been down there before, and when uh, was in Melbourne, we had a day off, and we were able to go to this wild animal, animal park just uh, uh, just outside the city, um, and it was you know just kind of just kangaroos just roaming everywhere. No no zookeepers, no big fences. They're just you know. Just six foot reds, just like hopping up to you, saying, "Hey, give me some, give me some food." Um, <laughs> it's true, but they were cool. Um, and uh, uh, and to your listeners, uh, if you want to check out my stuff, ChristianNesmith.com. If you want to check out acts a lot more, um, uh, Cersei Link. That's C I R C E. L-I-N-K, CerseLink.com. Uh, I've made much more music that's available with her than I have on my own. Uh, and uh, you also can check both of our YouTube channels. Uh, we've got like 100 videos out there of all kinds of different stuff, some proper made, some just sitting on the couch. Um, 
and then uh, and then just uh, be on the lookout because King's X is coming down there, and I'm happy to pr- promote them. I know they're going down there soon. And then, of course, I'm coming down with uh, the Mike and Mickey show, the Monkees, uh, for a bunch of dates all across the country. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I really appreciate you uh, uh, talking to me so that uh, I can tell all your listeners about it. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, I loved it. So thanks for your time. It's, it's been a great conversation. And All right, brother. Lots of good stuff to check out. All right, thanks, Christian. We'll talk thanks. soon. We'll talk again. Okay, but thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. My conversation with Christian Nesmith. That was really cool. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, please check out the links in our show notes relating to that upcoming tour of Australia and New Zealand by the Monkees. Of course, there are dates in other nations as well. So check out your local guides. Okay, before I go, just a reminder, head over to guitarspeakpodcast.com. Over there, you can get all of our links to our social media or how to subscribe to the show or how to get in touch, how to buy a T-shirt. Uh, By the way, I'm coming up with a a better way for our US friends to buy a Guitar Speak podcast t-shirt. So stay tuned for that. I'll let you know how that goes. Okay, time for me to get out of here. My name's Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. I'll catch you next time. Bye now.